0: And welcome to the Females in Motorsport podcast. This is your host, Manvi, and today I am very happy to have with me here the founder and creator behind She Loves F1, Michaela Costaras. Michaela launched her own channel in 2022 and has since amassed thousands of followers creating content specifically on Formula One and its many personalities. Hi, Michaela. I'm so happy to have you here.
1: Oh, thank you so much. I am so excited. I've been looking forward to this conversation for weeks now. So thank you so much for having me.
0: Me too. It's my pleasure to have you here. So tell me something. You are one of the most creative content creators out there, focused on supremely niche content around F1 drivers and the public persona, of course. How did this idea come about and why did you choose to focus specifically on this area?
1: Um, Well, thank you so much for saying that. That's really kind of you because honestly, there are so many wonderful, creative, talented creators on TikTok and on Instagram, YouTube, et cetera. And so just to be complimented by you means a lot to me. So thank you so much. Um, As far as the idea came about, I think just generally my personality has always been one that's um, positive, fun, happy, and The Formula One community can be so wonderful, but it also can be really toxic and really negative. And I really didn't want to focus on that. I wanted to bring some lighthearted, some fun, um, really speak in a voice and a tone of things that I'm really passionate about and interested about and connect that to another thing that I'm really passionate about and interested about, which is Formula One. And so the whole goal was just to make people feel welcomed into this community because oftentimes, especially if you're a newer fan and especially if you're a woman, you're going to be judged and you're going to be asked to, you know, say the champion from 1957 (laughs) and, you know, who they beat and what they ate for breakfast. And if you don't know that, a lot of times people will not view you as a legitimate fan. And I just think that's so wrong because there's so many Mm -hmm. ways to become a fan and enjoy a sport and watch a sport and talk about a sport. And we all have a place here as long as you're being respectful.
0: Absolutely. And I can definitely attest to the fact that you have a very, very positive personality and it comes through. I mean, you and I have had multiple private chats on Instagram and I definitely feel that sense of warmth coming through you when I speak to you personally. But I think it comes through your content as well. There is so much good intention there, positive intention there. And you don't have to believe me. You look through your comments on, you know, your content on your TikTok and Instagram you can see that people love what you're putting out there and it is the creativity that's shining through. So I think your mission towards inclusivity is really genuinely helping and people are seeing that. And I'm sure there are people who've seen you and decided, you know, okay, like she's creating amazing content and I can do that too. We are all, you know, bouncing ideas off each other, which is great. And I have no doubt to believe that you're probably an inspiration to so many other content creators
1: out there. Oh, that that just makes me so happy if I've inspired, you know, every time I get a message and someone tells me that they watched my content and it inspired them to start their own channels, that makes me so happy because one, it's another person who's talking about the sport that I love so much Mm -hmm. and another new perspective, another fresh voice, and that's only going to add to this community. And of course, keeping Formula One relevant because the content creators day in and day out are keeping this sport relevant, keeping it current and talking about it in different ways to bring new eyes to the sport. If I'm, you know, me being brave enough to show up on camera and be really honest and vulnerable, I hope that it encourages other people to speak their own truth and um, click play because it can be really intimidating in, Mm -hmm. you know, a sometimes really toxic place.
0: Yes, absolutely. I love two things you said. Number one is relevance. I don't think people remember that before, I want to say like five, six years ago, Formula One was having a major problem with the fans becoming, like the group becoming a lot smaller, group becoming a lot older. And well, if you look at general global economy, everybody wants to focus on younger audiences, right? That's where the money is coming through for the next 50 years. And I think Obviously, Formula One, Liberty Media Group, GreenLib, Drive to Survive for that reason. And then content creators have really carried the torch, I would say. I think Drive to Survive was great, absolutely, in bringing the sport to so many different eyes. But content creators have continued that trend of people still loving the sport. And it's it's people like you who are keeping the sport relevant for everybody. People are... Going on that, but are able to go on TikTok and Instagram and you know, Twitter and just stay in touch with the sport in that way. There's so many different ways to engage with the sport now, which is amazing. And the second thing I love that you said is it takes a lot of courage to put yourself out there. I am learning that now just because I started working with females in motorsport just about uh, like six months ago now. And I started off as a writer, but I think putting your face and putting your voice. Is a totally other ball game like when i started doing video content on tiktok for females in motorsport i was shitting bricks i was like i don't know what people are going to say are people even going to watch me people are going to think i'm stupid and you know now is when i feel i'm starting to get a little bit of like i wouldn't say hate comments i wouldn't go that far but some people like commenting on like what's with the over the top blinking in your video And I was just like, okay, like, I did not even notice that. No one ever brought that up to me. But thank you, I guess. I know. Uh, But it's like these small things people will pick in you because you have a face out there. And I think courage is such a, such, it's the right word to describe what it takes to put yourself out there. And I don't think people understand the idea and the uh, concept of vulnerability with content creators.
1: Yeah, definitely. I mean, you're just to put your face out there, to put your opinions out there and not, you know, not that it's not difficult to create content where you're not putting your face out there or your opinions. Of course, people, you know, it's still your art. It's still your creative content that you feel protective over. And people on the Internet can be really brutally honest and really mean and cruel. And I don't think it's healthy to read hundreds of negative comments or read these things about yeah. yourself um, it, and so that's the really tricky part with content because we live in this space right now where people feel that they can say anything and everything whether it's yep. um, you know really kind and positive or the completely other end of the spectrum and so that I think sometimes people forget that there's a real person who's reading those comments. Um, that oftentimes is about themselves, whether it's physically, whether it's about their atel- intelligence, whether they're a real fan or not a real fan or a DTS fan, which is normally used in a really derogatory way. And um, I think that's it's really tough. And so I try to be really transparent and honest about how I feel in this process. One, because I think By me talking about it, it might make someone feel less alone if they've felt that way. And so, you know, that's just breeding community. That's, you know, you're not alone in how you're feeling. And I think that's a really important thing in this world because we can trick ourselves into feeling very alone in our thoughts and and what's happening to us in our experience. And a lot of times there's someone who can understand it like you. And that just creates, you know, immediate camaraderie, right? And I think that's really special.
0: Yes, absolutely. I think content creators are created in a really nice community, whether it's fellow content creators, whether it's people who love your content. And that positivity, you know, hopefully always outweighs the negative and just keeps us all going, right?
1: Yes, yes. Your words carry weight.
0: Yeah. I think it's also interesting to see how with content creators, I think... People, and by people I mean like F1 personalities, F1 drivers, F1 teams, started to see the value in content creation. And in the past few years, drivers have been able to create a lot of content on their own social media channels, right? They have been a lot more active on socials and just generally, you know, creating Um, collaborations, launching merch. I say this while wearing the Plus 44 sweatshirt right now. So there's just so much happening with drivers right now, and they've been kind of given the freedom to embrace their own personality. And whether it's, you know, they're showing what they're doing outside the races, like playing golf, spending time with their significant other or their families or what have you. So my question is, where do you think F1 drivers are in their quote-unquote celebrity status right now?
1: Interesting. Um, well, first of all, I can't believe what drivers and teams and like the official accounts are posting these days. I think it's so wild to see how much it's changed. And they've obviously brought in a lot of younger people to manage the social media, lead the marketing, that type of thing. And I think that was a really smart decision because you're engaging this newer, younger audience and, and who is definitely going to be on social media a lot. And so I think that's really... Um, amazing and incredible to see. As far as celebrity status, that's really interesting to think about because you have people like Lewis Hamilton, who is a huge name, of course, within this sport. He has achieved so much and done so much, but he's also done so much outside of the sport. And I think it's interesting to see how these drivers are not only having their brand on track and their focus being the racing And they're in the top, top tier of percentage of really talented athletes in their given sport. And that deserves a lot of respect. But outside of that, there are also people who have interests and passions and, um, you know, whether it's Lewis and his music or fashion, same with Joe Guan Yu or Lando Norris and his amateur photography and golf and streaming. And I think it's really nice to see them diving into these different areas because it just allows you to see a little bit more of who they are as a person and what they stand for. Mm -hmm. And I think as a fan, it's nice because you might be able to connect with someone on that level. So if you're someone who is really all about sustainability and the environment and human rights, you probably really connected to Sebastian Vettel in most recent years and Lewis Hamilton. And that really made you feel, you know, as a fan, you wanted to root for them Mm -hmm. because of what they were supporting. And I think Social media allows you to see kind of what someone's all about and what's important to them. And that just helps you kind of connect a little bit on a, of course, a little bit of a parasocial way, but just knowing what they stand for and what you stand for. And that helps you kind of, um, you know, decide who you're going to be rooting for in a certain way, if that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Many of our readers and our audience is based in the US. So I have one very specific question. We know we have some really big sports personalities, right? Like we have LeBron James and Tom Brady. How do you think F1 drivers compare to that
1: kind of celebrity
0: athlete status right now?
1: I think in America specifically, I don't think we're quite there yet and people recognizing Formula One figures as they do for the Tom Brady, the Michael Jordan. I think that's definitely an international, more of a global scale, or at least in here in America, people, I feel like most people know who these um, celebrities, athletes are. I don't think as much, I think it's definitely growing in the United States, but I don't think they're at the status of being so mainstream that I could go to a nail salon, for example, and someone who I'm chatting with knows, you know, who Charles Leclerc is. I don't think we're we're quite there yet. I don't, it's interesting to think about because it's obviously grown so much so fast here in the United States, Um, but I do think it's hard because- Even though we have now three races here in the United States, it is so expensive to go to these races. And so that just completely um, excludes a certain part of the fan base who can't attend these races. I mean, the prices for going to a Grand Prix are similar to that of going to the Super Bowl, which is a a once-in-a-lifetime kind of opportunity that most people don't get the chance to do. And I think that makes it a little bit difficult in terms of making it really mainstream to the to the point where if you asked anyone on the street if they knew who Tom Brady was or Carlos Sainz, they probably would know who, who Tom Brady is, but maybe not so much Carlos Sainz. Of course, anyone who's an F1 fan would, but it's just not as mainstream.
0: That's interesting. I feel like it's, I don't know if this is the right word, but I feel like it's still like we are all in a bubble. We all know, you know, who all these people are. We know who's, at, he's in the, who's in the teams, We know, the team principals. We know everyone. And we obviously know the F1 com- community globally is huge. And because I think it's also interesting how social media plays into it, because now that Instagram and TikTok is so algorithm-based on, based on what you personally like, it's so easy to go into this bubble that all your content is F1, right? So this is what everybody must be seeing. But that's not true. Everybody's seeing totally different content. So it is interesting because you think that that it is a big community across the world, of course. But when you step out of the house and you talk to other people, and I love the nail sound example you give, they might not know that. They might not even know anything about the sport, which is totally fine. But it does sometimes feel like you're in this different kind of bubble, which is like an F1 world. And I agree. I don't think we're quite there yet with... With F1 drivers and their popularity in for most of them at least. I feel like Lewis Hamilton might be a bit of an exception where people know a little bit more about him. This is interesting. I just saw the other day. He
1: has more followers on Instagram than F1. Isn't that wild? Good for him. I think that's amazing. Yeah. And it and it shows you know what he's been able to do with his mm-hmm. personal brand, um, which includes him being you know, one of the most talented F1 drivers of all time, but also all of the things that he's doing in the community and for fashion, for music, he has so many interests that he's passionate about. And I think that just goes to show that, you know, he's talking about so many things that are resonating with people enough to follow him on Instagram. And I think that's crazy. I didn't know that more people followed him on Instagram than the F1 account, but that is, that says something to me.
0: Yeah, I agree. I feel like he's really been able to connect, I think connect is the key word, connect with people outside of the sport, people who might not be fans of the sport and find different ways to connect with them. because I think he definitely has put himself out there in more ways than some other F1 drivers. And yeah, I think authenticity just speaks for itself. And just knowing how outspoken he is about very critical social issues and issues that are very personal to him and his entire life that so many other people can relate to is firstly huge for him but also huge for other people. I think people really appreciate everything he's doing outside of it and there are some other drivers as well like I think Sebastian Vettel is a great example as well. He Really, you know, he does not embrace social media. We know that he's <laughs> not from that school of thought, which again is fine. Uh, but I think it's interesting because I was I, I was talking to Lily Herman. Um, I love Lily. I know she's great. I love her <laughs> newsletter. Um, it's funny because she was telling me that she, her litmus test is to see when a, when a someone came into the sport by seeing how they feel about Sebastian Vettel. Because if they came in like early 2000s or like mid 2000s, they might still think he's like obnoxious and he's like a little bit pompous and, you know, they'll remember multi-21. And um and somebody came a little bit into the sport, they're like, oh, you know, we love his B hotels and he's just such a kind person. But it is interesting to see how drivers have embraced this whether it's on social media or not and in a way just engage with people in so differently and i think i would go as far to say it's kind of like taking a page out of content creators right because oh. content creators are authentically putting themselves out there and i think teams are always taking cues from content creators and now they're finally getting to a place where they're kind of collaborating with them like i think they I would say they're dipping a toe in. I don't think they've fully gone into the pool, but they're dipping their toe in to see who they can collaborate with, what the value mm-hmm. is, how they can connect with teams, because it's all new for them too, right? So, I and I know you have done a few collaborations yourself with teams. My question is, do you think this is like a summer fling or is it like a full-blown romance
1: in progress? Well, I am if anything, a lover of love, I used to plan weddings for almost a decade. Um, I would say I I really want it to be the beginning of a blossoming romance. I don't know if we're quite there yet because I I know that there's understandably a lot of hesitation from partnering with content creators because there's a lot of risk and we live in a time where you have to be very careful about what you say and how you say it because it can be taken out of context, or you can say the wrong, you know, say the wrong thing. And, you know, that can completely change the landscape of how people view you or view a team. So I I understand sort of that hesitation. I think obviously as a content creator myself and someone who is friends, um, whether in person or virtually with a lot of other content creators, I hope that, um, you know, it changes and they become a little bit more, you know, open-minded to partnering with creators because that's what we do best is create content. And especially if you're someone who is really passionate about the sport, really, you know, you have that emotional connection to it and you have a you know, already a built-in audience that is also really connected to F1. And if you are able to sort of find the happy medium to partner with teams and speak to your audience, I think that would be really, really meaningful because not only does it become... Maybe a possibility, a goal for other con- content creators, if they see people doing that, they think, okay, it's possible for me too, especially if it's a woman or a person of color, then it makes it much more possible, right? If, if you see it then, it, then it is possible for you. And I think that's really important because a lot of times we see teams partnering with celebrities or influencers with the big blue check marks that don't know much about F1, if anything about F1, they're one of the people who may or may not know who Lewis Hamilton is or Carlos Sainz. And so you see teams partnering with these people, which obviously bring value because they have a lot of eyes watching them, but they don't know anything about the sport. So the content they're going to create is probably not as focused on what makes F1 F1 so much as the experience of what a race weekend is like and all of those moving pieces and how it is. There's a lot of glitz and glam, especially in the U.S. race races, which are very, you know, U.S. sporting events are very different than in a lot of other places in the world because there's so much pageantry, right? There's so much, so many things going left and right. There's so many celebrities in the paddock. And that just adds to, I guess, the experience. So I just wish there was a little bit more of a happy medium between those larger, Accounts and more of the content creators who do this day in and day out. We're so passionate about it. We love the sport. We can talk about it in so many different ways. And to partner with those, I think would have a really effective ROI, much more than someone who has a blue check mark and a million followers that don't really care about the sport at all.
0: Yeah. I think it's also interesting because if you take someone like Brad Pitt, who was at the race last year and There's a lot of, at the time there was, and I mean, continuing till now, there's a lot of controversy around Brad Pitt. And not everyone is going to like that. Not everyone is going to like that he's there. And I was actually, I mean, I know he's working on a film for Formula One, so he's probably there for that. Obviously, I don't know the ins and outs of this. But from a PR perspective, and I say this because I work in PR, I was a little bit surprised at how much they put him out there on social media and by they I mean teams because to me if I was I don't know I feel like it was people were not happy about it people were like why is he getting so much time and space in Formula One yes he's working on a film and then I don't think he did any favors to himself by shoving off Martin Brundle and I think that just created this whole um realization for a lot of people that yeah celebrities are just you know sometimes not it because if they don't follow the sport authentically and it just doesn't come through doesn't nobody really is going on their instagram pages or whatever they're not following them to see formula 1 content but somebody is going to an f1 content creator specifically for f1 content so it just seems like it would be so much better roi to focus on content creators who can create amazing content who can create um, new conversations new narratives can show things that people have not shown before celebrities who are not into the sport will always just have some limitations in terms of creativity because they don't know anything about the sport so how, you know, they just wouldn't know how to get there. But with content creators, this is literally your job. So it feels like there would be so much more meaningful conversations coming out of it, partnering with content creators.
1: Definitely meaningful, definitely aligned, definitely people who are going to be more likely to engage with the teams on social media, buy merch, you know, host watch parties keep talking about the sport, which is only bringing more eyes to the sport, which is bringing more money to the sport, which is at the end of the day, Formula One is a very big business with a lot of big brands with a lot of money at stake. And so I understand money is definitely very, you know, it's all of the conversation, whether we're talking about the cost cap or whether we're talking about, you know, all of the brand sponsorships and opportunities. But I think there's just, there's something to be said for people that already have a very engaged fan base that is obviously interested in formula one and these content creators, I know a lot of them who would do these types of things for free, whereas celebrities more often than not are not doing it for free. They're getting paid. And so it's just so interesting to me to think about, um, the, the ROI on what, you know, if you invited 10 content creators versus one celebrity and not only the savings on money in your budget, but the really aligned, really fun, really niche content that other F1 fans are going to understand instead of just showcasing this experience that almost makes you think when you're seeing Brad Pitt in a paddock and he just kind of shoves off Martin Brundle, you know, it's almost adding to the idea of F1 is still trying to be this rich man's sport and excluding all the fans that are obsessed with it and talk about it day in and day out. And that can be really frustrating from not only a fan's perspective, but content creators who, like you said, it's their job and most of the time they're not getting paid for it.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So true. And yeah, I think that's a really good point that I think F1 still has this um, orbit of exclusivity around itself. And I think it's interesting because I never thought about this until recently. I had Ash Vandley on the podcast and she pointed out that it's not like F1 is the most expensive motorsport out there. NASCAR, Indy, they're all expensive. But F1 has really able to market that very, very well for themselves to make it look like it's so exclusive. And I think a big part of that, and you touched on this already, is the way that it has embraced the US in terms of how they put on races like the vegas night race is going to be i think it is more expensive than attending monaco which to yeah. me is wild i would have never thought this anything even possible remotely possible and I think it's interesting because obviously we have Miami, we have Vegas now, and we obviously have Austin, the good old Austin, which I hope never comes off the calendar. Uh, I love Kona. Never. never. <laughs> I know. So I think it's arguably my favorite race. I don't think, I, I don't know. I think it is. I think it is. I'm still deciding, but I I think it's always, it's always a banger of race. So, yeah. but I think it's interesting to see that they're pouring so much money into Vegas. There's obviously so much happening in Miami and I like that you mentioned Super Bowl earlier because Super Bowl is a spectacle. It brings in millions of dollars every year. Brands pour in money to get that ad spot, like which is mad expensive, but obviously the ROI must be amazing. And I think it has really managed to bring core followers of football versus people who don't watch football. I don't watch football, American football at all, but I watch the Super Bowl every year and I patiently wait for a uh, halftime to watch the show and the ads. That's what I want to see. And I think they've really marketed that so well. And I I wonder, is F1 going to go that route in the US to use all these celebrities or maybe even content creators at some point to create that spectacle
1: similar to Super Bowl. It it does feel like they're moving in that direction, especially with Vegas and Miami on the calendar. There's rumors of New York being added. And there's, you know, it's 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 frustrating as someone who is an American F1 fan because it only kind of puts a target on your back as being um, you know, a fan of of what that route is being taken, where there are so many amazing tracks all over the world. Um, you know, for example, the Chinese Grand Prix was canceled again, and I would love to have another Grand Prix back in China. I know a lot of people would love to see F one back in South Africa. There's so many amazing tracks that fans all over the world who may not be interested in going to the United States for whatever reason or Um, whether, you know, it's price or they just don't want to be here um, because there's so many things going on politically here. And you just I it just makes me sad and, and mad and frustrated that you kind of almost lose what makes F1 F1, which is the exciting racing, the technology, the the fans, the competition. There's so many things that make F1 F1. And of course, if you want to, you know, make it a pageant and do the fun, you know, American type style of things, that's fine. But I just don't want it to lose what the magic of F1 and what the sport really is and what it means. And it would make me really sad if we lost that and focused so much on like the celebrities and the <laughs> pageantry and drivers who are hired to do, hired to be racing car drivers. They're not hired to be social media influencers. And and nowadays it almost feels like they have to be both, and I I can't imagine how frustrating or how hard that is to balance for all of them with millions and millions of people watching them and the sport kind of taking this direction, and they're going the other. You know, it's just there's so many moving parts, and I just hope at the end of the day we're not losing, you know, what makes F one F one and why so many people have fallen in love with it. Mm-hmm.
0: That's a really good point. F one has so many different stakeholders. There's There's the fans, there's Liberty Media, there's, you know, there's broadcasting, there's uh, teams, there's obviously drivers. There's so many different stakeholders and sometimes everyone's, um, what they want doesn't always overlap. And I think it's interesting to, I think you gave a really good example about how now drivers are kind of, you know, they have to be, have some kind of social media presence. It's interesting to see how people sometimes forget that they are first and foremost drivers and that is their job and it's a dangerous sport and we have to respect that we have to respect the craft we have to respect everything that goes into it we have to respect the sacrifice that has gone into becoming a formula one driver they have not been they've not had a normal upbringing normal quote unquote but what i mean is to say is that they have sacrificed so much to sacrifice social life. they sacrificed, there's so much money involved. It's an expensive sport. Their families have sacrificed so much. And I think people forget that. And I think it's interesting that people tend to put the blame on content creators for that when actually the blame, I don't want to say is on the sport, but I think it's more on the perception of the sport. I think people sometimes put the blame on content creators like, oh, you're not focusing on the racing. That's why it's your fault. No, it's not. It's the other way around. It's other people who, well, in recent history, people have come out and literally said, oh, people don't care about the racing, which is categorically untrue, totally untrue. That's And that's not what content creators are even saying. And I think no. people just intend to focus on... This new aspect of the sport with content creators and anything that's wrong with the sport, just pinpointing it on them. And I'm—I know you have felt specifically this way as well in your own in your own uh, career and your journey as a content creator. And I think with drivers, it's interesting because, yeah, they're first first, first and foremost racers, and it—it's probably very hard for them to balance that out and you know, still have some you know, smidges of a personal life and a private life while also putting ourselves out there. And somehow content creators have gotten into the mix of all of this.
1: Yeah, it is interesting because, you know, speaking personally, I know a lot of people, you know, send me DMs saying that I'm to blame for the direction of this sport and that because of the content that I make, that it's a little bit more fun, a little bit more lighthearted. And I'm not just, you know, reciting facts and stats and, and and talking about that all the time. Um, I think, of course, there's so many different ways to talk about a sport, to engage with a sport, um, because people are different and we have different perspectives and we talk in different ways and we like different things and we're, we're multi-passional, we're multi-dimensional and I think that's wonderful. But I think what is essential is a deep respect and acknowledgement of all of the people in this sport, the drivers. All the team members, whether they're working in social media, whether they're working in race strategy, engineers, et cetera, et cetera, they have made so many sacrifices to get to where they are. They are in the respective, you know, very top tier of their fields. That's worthy of respect. They're spending so much time away from their families and friends. They've put so much work into getting where they are. And so if you don't you know, look at that and have an understanding and respect of what they're doing. And then on top of that, the pressure to kind of show up online, in addition to a very high pressure, high stress job, very slim margins between success and failure. I think for most F1 fans, we can have fun and we can be silly and we can, you know, make our our fun videos. Um, But most of the time, you know, I can speak for myself. I'm not waking up at three o'clock in the morning to watch fb one because, you know, I watched Harry Potter and I was like, well, Charles Leclerc is a Gryffindor. Like, You know, they're, it's, they're just very separate things. It has no bearing on why I'm showing up every week, waking up really early in the morning for me personally. I do that because I love the sport. I love the racing. I have so much respect for what they do. Um, But also, you know, when I'm showing up on TikTok and I'm making fun videos, it's just it's complementary to what the sport is and what the heart and soul of it is. And hopefully, you know, there are some people that don't understand that, but there are people that do and that shows that there's a market for it. But at the end of the day, again, I think respect and having an acknowledgement and understanding of that is really, really important.
0: It's almost uh, like people just feel like they have to say something just to be... Have some kind of relevance just to have some space in the conversation and when it's negative it i don't think people understand the weight that it can put on someone else and putting yourself out there is not easy and i think given that formula one has had this ex- explosion in general there are newer ways to engage with fans but there's also so many people coming in so it's getting harder and harder to be creative it's getting harder and harder to create openly and people um don't appreciate the creativity sometimes that goes into it like there's hours of brainstorming that goes into Mm -hmm. one single piece of content right there's hours of um editing there's hours of you know drafting content there's there's so much going on there's so much research going on I don't think it's people understand it's not just taking a phone and like saying like five words and then turning it off that's not how it is there's still a lot that goes into creating the content and I feel like I'm coming to understand that a little bit more as I'm creating content for females in motorsport. But, and I, I will be the first to admit before that, I didn't even know how much went into it. And now I feel like there's so much more respect and appreciation for content creators, at least from my side, that I really hope other people get to understand because it's not easy. It's first of all not, it takes a lot of your time. You're It's not a nine to six. You're not, you know, really, you know, you're, you're not getting paid for it. First of all, half the time either. You're creating content for free. And um, so a lot of people do this as a side hustle. They're not even doing it part of the main job. I'm not doing it part of my main job. But I think people really need to appreciate that that art of content creation a little bit more. Um, and for you, just to you know end this on a positive note, given that you know sometimes you receive all these hateful comments, how do you keep your motivation going?
1: Oh, well, sometimes it is really hard. And if I'm being candid, there have been a lot of times where I've just wanted to throw in the towel and quit and go back to my peaceful life of being an F1 fan and, and consumer of media and not being someone who, you know, is on the receiving end of sometimes really hateful and hurtful and abusive comments and DMS and messages. Um, but at the end of the day, uh, The people, especially in She Loves F1, the community that I've created or that we've all created, I think is a better way to put it, because it's not just me. It's the people who are engaging and talking, are so kind, so funny, so creative, so supportive, so encouraging, so inspiring, and to be surrounded by men and women in this community who lift me up in those hard times, that's so important. And I think that's why I always say your words carry so much weight. Mm -hmm. And so that's why I try to be really positive and fun in comment sections always because I know what it feels like to get the opposite. Um, But just having that and then also having a really steady support system outside of she loves f1 um mr she loves f1 as i like to call (laughs) my husband is the most supportive human being on this planet he always tells me to you know he whenever i get in my head about thirsty thursday he's like what are you doing people love thirsty thursday i love thirsty thursday just keep it going so if you have that really strong support system and friends and family outside of the internet to kind of remind you who you are and what your mission is at the end of the day. Because my mission is to make people feel welcomed, to feel like their opinion matters, to feel like they're not going to be judged for saying something, to feel like they can ask me a question and I'm not going to belittle them because they don't know something. That to me is so much more of an important mission of inclusion and to make people feel welcomed um, than just to throw in the towel and be like, you know what, I'm going to let these people get the best of me. I just, I don't want them. And I think of... The F1 drivers who are on the receiving end of so much hate on extraordinary levels. And if they can do that on a much, much more intense level than what I receive, and if they can do that and they can perform at the highest level, um, then I can too. So it's really, so I take a lot of inspiration from how they're able to handle that in real time um, and just applying it to my own life because it's a lot easier said than done
0: that is that is beautiful that you shared that with me thank you so much absolutely i love that and i i think that's why we are females in motorsport love your content because i know like people have this weird narrative about like don't focus on just the drivers and their personality because they're taking away from the craft and blah 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 but i think we are females in motorsport love all kinds of creators especially women creators because i think there's just so many new creative ideas coming out of all of you and all those ideas deserve to be celebrated because you're engaging with at least one fan out there and that deserves to be celebrated. And it's, you know, again, it's not easy to put yourself out there. And honestly, kudos to all of you because it's just, it's amazing. It's fantastic what you guys are doing. And no matter what anyone says, I think it's it's a very real, well-known fact that you are bringing fans to the sport. You are keeping fans in the sport. In a way that the sport is not, so that is also
1: to be celebrated as well. Oh uh, well, I mean, you, you, and and females in motorsport, what you stand for and what you bring attention to is so crucial and so important. So, I hope you know that I feel the exact way way towards you, and I have so much inspiration and respect and adoration for you and your mission. And I just, I hope that we to collectively and all of the other creators in this space kind of come together and support each other and lift each other up because there's room for everyone in this space.
0: Yep. And no one supports women like other women. I strongly believe that.
1: <laughs> really? Um, like the hype team is real.
0: Yes, yes. Yes. Yep. We all need our hype teams. We all need that. That's true. We do. All right. Before we end this, we're going to play my favorite part. It's just a rapid fire round. So in this, I basically, sometimes we try out new ideas. So I'm going to try out a new idea today, which is that I want you to build your own F1 car. You're so knowledgeable about F1 specifically. I literally, I'm literally wearing my plus 44 Hedy because of you. Because I was like, okay, I'm interviewing Michaela, Formula One. I'm going to wear Formula One merch today. So you're going to build your own F1 car. Number one, what is the color of your
1: car? <laughs> I think if I'm being honest, I'm so competitive. I'd probably want it just to be carbon fiber and black, so it'd be fastest. <laughs> um, just just being being honest, I'm an Aries. I'm very competitive. I like to win. I don't like to lose. Um, but if you know, color didn't have it didn't add any weight to the car. I love purple, like the lilac mm-hmm. or the, the lavender of like, that exact color, and like a lime green. I think would be really fun. <laughs>
0: Wait, that's literally the colours of females in motorsport. I literally love Wait. that you said that. <laughs> well,
1: I don't even know why I well, yeah, okay. I want a females in motorsport colored car.
0: Maybe we should start a team.
1: That was serendipitous.
0: I think definitely. <laughs> Maybe we should all start a team. I mean, I don't know where I'm gonna find a trillion dollars to do this, but crowdfunding will make it yes. happen kickstarter happening coming soon guys all right let's go into the money aspect so what brand or if you don't want to name a brand what type of brand would you like to be your number one sponsor who is your patronus? who is your oracle um
1: fenty beauty Ooh, i love that i would love that like first and foremost i would just love to have any beauty brands break into this space. Mm-hmm. But secondly, especially if it's like women owned and facing and operating, I would personally love that. I think Rihanna is such a queen and and she's such a savvy businesswoman. And I think that she would be um I think that she could fix a lot of problems <laughs> because she's just she 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 gets it. She understands it. I think she's like I said, I think she's really savvy, extremely talented and um, I just imagine like the highlight, you know, what she did in the Super Bowl ha- halftime show with the highlighter. Oh, my God. Just think of, you know, a product placement like that <laughs> would be so insanely valuable. I would, you know, I I already have that highlighter, but I would probably buy another one. <laughs> yeah.
0: No, it, it's that was really, really clever marketing. And that was so smart. And I agree. I feel like Rihanna is somebody who seems like she's very personally involved in her business. And I mean, if we have a females in motorsport themed car or females in motorsport team, I want Rihanna in there. Absolutely. Yes. Wouldn't that be
1: amazing? Oh my God. I would be I would be so elated. That truly is my own um, fever dream. So hopefully we can light some candles and manifest it. Oh
0: I didn't know this, but this is my dream now. This is my dream for my life. This is my purpose in life now. Yeah. Oh
1: my God. We need to make it happen. I don't know how, but everyone light your candles you know do whatever you need to do manifest manifest yes (laughs) all right let's talk about racing
0: which city would you like to pick for your home race and obviously home race is you know where you're from but just for
1: the purposes of this game you can pick any city in the world well, that's really hard because I have so many <laughs> favorite tracks, but I think if I'm being honest, it would have to be CODA. It really would. I mm. mean, I've, I've been to that race so many times. It's such a fun track. The city of Austin, the the, the culture of it. There's so many things to do. It's such a fun weekend. It's – I just – that would be my home race because that's the race that I've gone to more than any any other of the races. And I've been so privileged and I'm so grateful to have gone to a lot of races in a lot of different areas. But Koda is, of course, like the, you know, if I had like the hard eyes emoji, that would be me and Koda. Oh, <laughs> oh, my
0: God. Um, I feel like I had to pick a race and this is like people are going to hate me for saying this but I would love a race in New York because I mean I am biased I live in New York so obviously for me I would love to a straight race although I really do not know how that would work but I guess if they can make it work in Monaco they can make it work in New York but it is it would be wild I mean I don't really agree. I don't think we should have four races in the US I would not say that I mean otherwise my home race I guess would be India but and we've had races in india before Mm -hmm. but that's a whole other thing but we don't have races there anymore and we don't have to go into that but uh yeah i would love to see more races happening in asia as well Like, and i I know you said that already before because it is like there's no race happening in africa right now there's no there's barely any races happening in asia anymore i mean there's yes there's races happening in the middle east but i feel there should be more east asian races Mm -hmm. which um, like the Chinese Grand Prix or Malaysia, like I think those would be amazing to have back on the calendar.
1: Yeah, de- I couldn't agree more on that. And of course, New York would be so cool. Just imagine them if they were on the Brooklyn Bridge or something and it was at night, like it would it would be such a unique experience. And I think New York is just so easy to get to from Europe, yep. you know, because it's just the transatlantic mm-hmm. flight. Um, I guess similar to Miami, but there are of course a lot of criticisms on Miami, um, especially in yeah. Vegas, especially because of the price in Vegas and just it just seems like they're pricing out fans a lot and focusing on b- major corporations or big high rollers yeah. and that's just it's just so frustrating sometimes because of course I used to live and work in Vegas, so I understand mm-hmm. the the aspect of it and the how it's a city that is created for major sporting events like this. So I totally get that. but it is hard when you're you know your general admission tickets are $800 and you're not even gonna have a view of the track. I just I think that's insane. <laughs>
0: Yeah, that is insane. It's also, I feel like I found it very interesting to see the European perception of Vegas because for me, I moved to the US um, almost nine years ago. So before I came here, I mean, I was still like 18. But at the time, it was like Vegas was like this hot spot, And it still is, not to say that it's not. But now I've been to Vegas and obviously you've worked and lived there. So you you have way more knowledge about this than I do. But I feel like once you have seen all of vegas it does it kind of loses that allure a little bit but for someone who's never been it still has that charm which is amazing for vegas as a city but i find it i think it's interesting from the american point of view of the vegas charm and how that differs from the european perception of it
1: yeah definitely i mean vegas is a very unique city it's you know, I think the fact that it's a night race, it's going to be visually spectacular. I think, Beautiful. you know, whoever's going to, you. we were talking earlier about the pageantry of sports, Vegas is going to bring that to a completely new level. If you've mm-hmm. ever seen their live sporting events there, for example, the Golden Knights, when you're, before the game even starts, it's truly like a Vegas <laughs> show. It's wild mm-hmm. and it's spectacular. And it's something that if you don't, if you've never been there before, it's really hard to explain in words because it's such a unique experience. Mm -hmm. Um, So I definitely, I understand the the pricing of Vegas. And I I get that from, I guess, a business perspective, but it is really Mm -hmm. hard to feel like you're again, moving in this direction, like we said, where you're just leaving the fans back here, the ones who have been following this sport for whether it's one day or, 25 years and you're leaving them and they aren't going to be able to ever attend it because they can't afford it and for me Mm. that's that's a that's a tricky thing because you know if you're not able to go and experience a a race weekend live I you know I hope that everyone can experience that once in their life but the reality is is a lot of people aren't going to be able to because of how expensive it is and I I just wish that was different
0: yeah, yeah, absolutely. And if you compare it to other sports like NASCAR and Indy in the US, it's so much more affordable. Even Formula E is so much more affordable. Yeah. And I think it is interesting because I know I know we talked about it a little bit that there is an area of like exclusivity around Formula One and that 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 orbit around it. But it is frustrating because yeah, like for us we just really, really want to see a race. And if you can't see it, it kind of I feel like maybe it'll, it may even, you know, fans might not even want to follow Formula One anymore. I think you kind of feel like a little bit miffed by the sport when you can't see it, when it's so expensive. Mm-hmm. And $800 for GA when you can't even see the track seems a little bit absurd and seems like something like, even if I had $800 to spare, why would I do that to myself? Why would I go and like see it? And when you can't even see the race? You might as well see it at home on TV when mm-hmm. I mean, you can actually see what's happening.
1: Yeah. And that's not even including the flight to get there, your accommodation Mm -hmm. staying there, your food and drinks, which are expensive. I, You know, any merch that you're buying. I mean, it's really, really expensive. And so people are are flying to Monaco and spending less Mm. money. And that's kind of crazy to think about. And when you're talking about IndyCar, NASCAR, um, IMSA, MotoGP, the level of accessibility at these events, if you've been Mm. to um, a race for IndyCar or NASCAR, as an example, versus F1, the access that you have is so insane if y- yep. if you've been to both. Because F1, of course, is very regimented. It's very high level security. And I totally get that, especially now because it's exploded in terms of popularity. Mm-hmm. But when you're at an IndyCar race or a NASCAR race, I mean, you're a liter- you can literally be right there. <laughs> Um, you know, yeah. watching the mechanics in the garage and, and you're just yeah. in it. And it just adds, if you're someone who loves racing, it just adds to the experience of it. Cause you're smelling the, the rubber and you're just hearing all the sounds and and people talking and, and it's just, it's such a unique, incredible experience. And, and for a lot of the times in F1, you're just not having access to that unless you, yeah. you know, have a VIP pass because you're a celebrity yeah yeah
0: so true we can we can again we can manifest, manifest. we can hope and pray and keep our yes. fingers crossed
1: we, will. we um, will definitely
0: yes all right well thank you so so much Michaela for joining me today on the podcast I'm sure our audience is going to be so happy that you took the time to speak with us today and speak with all these amazing f1 things before we sign off do you want to tell everybody where they can find you your socials tiktok all the good stuff
1: Sure, and and again, thank you so much. This has been such a fun, fun conversation. So I really appreciate you having me on. Um, if you want to follow me on TikTok, it's at she loves F one, and then on Instagram, it's at she loves formula and the letter one um, because someone already had that username. So if you want to find <laughs> me there, and you like, and you want to smile, and you want to have a little bit of fun, and you want to feel welcomed, and Having just a ray of sunshine is the overall goal of my content, then you're definitely more than welcome to come say hello. I try and be as active as I can in my DMs. Oh, amazing. Thank you
0: so, so much. And thank you, everybody, for tuning in today. Thank you.
1: Bye. Bye.